Hello everybody and welcome for joining us for today's podcast. It's a great pleasure today to have with us Marilyn Madou from Belgium. Welcome. Hi, hi Debbie. Oh, thank you so much, so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to interview a creative. We have a number of questions for you today and we'll make a start with our first one. Marilyn, where are you based and when did you begin your journey? Um, so I'm based in Belgium. I mm -hmm. personally live in Brussels, which is the capital. Um, but we have our office and showroom um, in Genk, which is more towards the German border here in mm -hmm. Belgium, um, in the Flemish part. So um, I started the business in 2017. Okay. Um, so we launched a collection of silk scarves. Um, and I hand paint and draw all the prints myself and they go into an archive, which is um, growing every year. Um, we now have about 450 different kinds of um, Marie-Lé Madou prints. Mm -hmm. um, That's a big yeah. collection. Yeah, it, I, I really enjoy um, seeing it grow so much. Um, so I still try to draw and paint a lot, although um, it's been more difficult over the years to um, create time to do that. Yeah, it's um, difficult, the, isn't it, in a, in a yeah. creative business to find time for creativity sometimes? Yeah, exactly. Um, especially when the business started to grow, um, I decided that as a creative, I also wanted to learn about the financial side of things. Great. Um, so I started doing a lot of that as well myself. Um, but I enjoy the learning process. Um, Tell me, where did you train? Um, so I studied textile design at um, L. UCA um, in Belgium we call it Luca, uh -huh. uh, Luca School of Arts, um, and I was at a Ghent campus, um, and I was able to do an exchange program in my um, master master's year, um, and then I went to the University for the Creative Arts in Ghent in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, where I did the course fashion print design and that's really where it all started for me so my journey to the UK is very very important um, in my story because that's when I really found out about um, turning my paintings and drawings into digital prints mm -hmm. um, and that same year that was in 2014 um, I entered an international fashion design contest um, and I was the only contestant who designed all her fabrics herself so um, I won. Really? Wow. Yeah and that was very very special because yeah. um, I won um, some money which I used to do an internship in Los Angeles with um, the print studio Liz Casella. Great. Um, yeah, there are, they are a very important um, print studio and I really learned a lot uh, there 
2014, 15 were two very important years for me to learn a lot about designing prints, making commercial prints, um, yes. understanding everything about the business. Yeah, exactly. Um, and having your customer front of mind when you're creating your prints. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, when I went through that process, um, I decided to move to London. And in London, I met um, my first investor, actually. So that's how I was able to launch the collection in 2017. Um, mm -hmm. And when I did, I did have a customer in mind, um, a certain woman or even men um, mm -hmm. who I saw wearing my products. Yeah. Okay. Have you always wanted to have your own business? Um, yes. <laughs> so okay. that's a question I'm asked a lot. Uh, and it's weird, but like even when I was 16, I already had this idea of being self-employed, being free, being able to design my own product. So I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Live your own life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. a lot, a lot, a lot to learn. A lot to learn there, isn't there? About all of the commercial side of things, which you, you know, you spoke about, you touched on earlier. I don't think in our education system we really help designers understand costs and margins and supply chains and all of those other things that go into building a brand. No, um, I think, yeah, it's my teachers and uh, in art school. Um, I, I asked this question quite a lot. I was one of those students that was quite critical about the... It's important. Um, so, yeah, about everything. And then so I asked this question and they were really like, oh, but these years when you're still um, a student, you should experiment a lot and embrace the experiment, embrace the like artistic side and, and um, look up... Um, like. I, um, not be too this? commercial, really. But I, yeah, yeah, no, just in general, not be commercial. No. Not be commercial. Um, yeah. And yeah, so when I started the business, I I must say I made a lot of mistakes, like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the first year financially was quite horrible, to be fair. Um, but that's also when I decided to take lessons in basic accounting, uh, understanding a business plan, all of those things. Um, Good and you. that really helped me. Yeah. That's fantastic. So tell us all about your design and your manufacture. You, you work within the fashion and the interior industry. So tell us all about the products that you create. Um, so after we launched the silk scarves, um, we quickly expanded to clothing because that's something I've always wanted to do. I think it's a typical girl's dream to design clothes, but I must be honest that that was a very difficult uh, journey, the, the clothing part. Um, I think especially in prints, um, it's hard to create a very commercial collection that sells very well um, with prints that are maybe not too bold or still bold enough. It was um, more difficult than the scarves. Um, and then, well, we kept the clothing part, but at one point, I think it was 2019, um, I 
tried out a small cushion collection, uh, mm-hmm. throw pillows, and then that went so well. That was extremely successful from immediately. Um, so what we decided to expand to um, throws, woven mm-hmm. throws. Those are not printed, but woven from the prints. Um, and lots of other small decoration items. Um, and yeah. Um, so you just gradually organically grown your product lines, really? Yeah, it all, it all went very much organically. Um, and actually, after five to six years, we are still growing organically. Um, this year was actually quite well. Our revenue went up with time it went up with times three um, well done thank you <laughs> so now i'm at a point i think where it's good to start looking at new investors maybe to grow a bit faster um, and internationally um, but yeah i'm quite happy with how the product lines are developed now um, growing the clothing line is something i still want to do but um yeah it's I, it's still the most difficult part of the business. Why is it the most difficult, Marilyn? Um, well, lots of different things, but first things that come to mind are the sizing problem. So you design a piece that comes in sizes, but all body types are different. So mm-hmm. um, you have to come up with a very um, smart way of doing sizing. Um, yeah, to put it that way. Um, and then um, the minimum order quantities and uh, clothes are a lot higher than with our scars and cushions. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you, I feel like I have such a good relationship with my retailers that sell the smaller items. Um, we, we get great feedback from them. We have retailers for those items worldwide um, and we sell online worldwide to direct to customer as well. And with the clothing, I feel like retailers are more keen on taking brands that are very popular at that moment. Uh-huh. Um, it's like less, it's less sustainable in a way. Um, with the smaller items and the scarves, our retailers are very happy to work with like a, a bit of a unique and quirky brand, which I can say we are. Um, and with the clothes, it's more like they need brands that are hot or like yeah. very on trend at that moment. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which makes it very difficult for you to to plan ahead and control stocks, et cetera, et cetera. And also you, very difficult then in the fashion industry to build a platform that's loyal for, to you and your brand. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's tough. Really, it's always been tough in the fashion world, but I think, you know, I think it's particularly tough right now so it's fantastic that your business model is being underpinned by products that have more longevity and more close close relationships with your with your suppliers and your Mm. manufacturers and retailers it's all fantastic let's just go back a little bit what inspires your work what inspires Um, your drawings yeah so i take inspiration from 
lots of different things, but there are a few things that keep coming back. So to begin with, I really enjoy old um, series of encyclopedia. So mm -hmm. what I would do is go to secondhand bookshops, but also look on Facebook groups um, for people that still have these series completely like from the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. um, because these books have really great imagery and also sometimes you find a certain type of animal or flower that's not so popular right now anymore and and then i uh, research a lot more about it online um and i tend to end up um in and sometimes on weird websites but i really okay. like those type of things. Um, and then second, I walk around a lot, especially here in Brussels. Um, I do a lot of walking and, and then when I see something I find interesting, it can really just be a sticker on a door or something like that. Yeah. But I take a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. So my phone's full of pictures and things that I find funny or things that I want to use in the future. Um, uh, but in the end, it's always a lot about color um, and a combination of old and modern things. Um, also in the way I work, it's always a combination between um, analog, um, an analog way of working, drawing, painting on paper, um, and then the combination with the digital side. Mm -hmm. um, I really like contrasts a lot and everything that I do, contrast is a big thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Drama. Yeah. Your, your work's absolutely beautiful. It really is. It stands out. It's so lovely. Yeah. So well researched, as you say. It's oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so you're using much. your So you're drawing on the drawing board and then you're scanning and working within perhaps Photoshop or, or Corel, which yes. software, yeah, those are the kind of tools that you use. Yeah. Yes, that's and correct. then you prepare your files for print to send over to your suppliers. Yes. So that's the way I work. Um, and when creating these files, we really try to keep um, the, uh, the waste of the fabric in mind. Great. So, yeah. So I, we always use the full um full amount of fabric so um my manufacturer also knows this um and they will send us the leftover pieces which we use to create new things um so yeah um, that's great so you get your own dead stock fabric back and you can use it for smaller products yes so Fantastic. for example now yeah we did something really fun actually um which we just launched um and these are the those reversible buffer bags mm -hmm. and those are actually made from leftover fabrics um and they are made locally in the netherlands it's like two hours from here um in an atelier with um refugees so yeah, yeah I, I enjoy working on those type of things as well yeah it's kind of responsible manufacturing, isn't it? And thinking about the whole thing from A to Z, really, the whole yeah, supply chain. Yeah. And don't you say yeah. using, you know, um, ethical manufacturers wherever you can. Very, very important. Tell me, 
how, how did you discover digital technologies? And do you think the ability of the availability now of digital printing has empowered both your creativity and your business? Um, so in at university, we were always kind of forced to use Illustrator. Uh-huh. And um, I felt like there were certain... Um, I was hitting a wall in, in this program. Pro- I just, in general, uh, normally like Illustrator. I know a lot of designers do, but I, I just don't. And um, then when, when I was doing the internship with Liz Gazella, I saw that they all used Photoshop. Um, yes. And that was the first time when I encountered that way of working. And um and it was really eye-opening because I really enjoyed Photoshop and all the possibilities it had. So I yeah. started learning a lot um, about it just by looking at YouTube videos um, and practicing every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I also learned about digital printing, of course. So I started trying out um, some small things myself with local manufacturers. Um, and yeah, I believe digital printing has really made a way for small designers like me to start a business um, because obviously you can order in small quantities. You can experiment a lot with colors. And um, if I see now on what type of fabrics my manufacturer can print, um, it's opened up a lot these past years. Um, it's it's changed a lot just in the last 18 months, hasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. So I have one manufacturer in Italy, um, and he stops by like once a year here um, at our show, showroom um, to uh-huh. like show the new things that they're printing on. And each year it's like, oh, wow, now you can print on this as well. And they, they it, it just develops in such a fast way. Um, and it's really enjoyable uh, to work um, with with the technique. Yeah, sustainability um, is obviously very important to your work. Yes. Yeah. Underpins everything. Yeah. Um, I must admit, I get a lot of questions from clients about it. Um, where do you print? Um, where is this made? Um, like, but. My personal view, if, if we're talking about sustainability, I have, a, I have a view on it. It's not so popular with everyone, but I just feel like if you buy a product and you keep it um, long enough, that's a way of sustainability for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying this because sometimes we do get complaints um, from clients that say, oh, I, I saw that you're now working with polyester for the, this new cushion range. But sometimes we choose a, f- a synthetic fabric because of its durability. Yes, I agree. Um, so when you buy this cushion, it's yes, it's polyester, but you will be able to keep it for years, years and years. Um, yes. And... For me, that's sustainability, not throwing stuff away so fast and also maybe cherish your items and hand them over to a next generation. That's something I see happening with the silk scarves a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Mothers that give the give their silk scarves to their daughter 
Um, and then the daughter taking really good care of it because it's like a special design or a unique print. Um, and that to me is sustainability. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. You're investing in a wardrobe, aren't you, that you build over many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't seasonal. <laughs> you might yeah. add to it over time, but you, you, these become investment pieces. And I, I completely agree with you. There are so many questions and arguments about, you know, the differences between polyesters and cellulose fabrics. But at the end of the day, unless we have complete transparency uh, and traceability within all of those supply chains, everybody is guessing. Um, and until we move further forward with those developments, I totally agree with you. You know, it's, it's a much better choice to buy less than more and to choose very, very carefully and cherish the products that you both create and the products that you purchase. So I, I absolutely agree with your philosophy there on sustainability. We can all make small steps, make a cumulative impact, don't they? Most definitely. In the beginning, Marilyn, was it difficult to find environmentally responsible materials if you were looking for something that was recycled, et cetera, et cetera? Did you find it difficult a few years ago, but it's much easier now? Yes, definitely. So when I started in 2017, that was was maybe 5% of the available fabrics. that has changed a lot. Obviously, suppliers, they get a lot of questions from their clients, um, from brands that want, solely want to work with um, eco-friendly fabrics or um, eco-friendly inks, things like that. So they had to come up with solutions, which I think is great. Um, so it has definitely changed a lot. And also the customer, like I said before, they are asking more questions. They they are not accepting greenwashing. Good. If you say, "Oh, this is this is a sustainable product," they will ask why. Um, so yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? It's really is great progress and startlingly fast progress. If you look at the if you look at the progress of digital printing just in the last twenty years, and you look how much we've accelerated that curiosity in the consumer, which is so important to changing the mindset of the actual end user of, of all of the products that we create, because that's that's the, the cohort that makes the biggest difference, really. We can change how people buy things and that they question everything that they're told. It's, it's fantastic progress. Tell us tell us about um, how you print your products then. Do you print on demand or you do you hold small stocks as a small emerging business? So we do hold stock um, Mm -hmm. and for some products it's quite high, um, but that's because we keep our designs in the collection for a long time. Which again is great. Yeah. So for example, there are these two products. Um, One is a silk scarf with a dachshund design on it. And the other one is a woven trow with koi, um, the koi fish. Yeah. Um, those two, they, they sell out and people will ask for it again and again and again. So we started keeping those items in stock, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot to say about printing on demand, um, but I do feel we're not there yet. Um, two things. First of all, a lot of these print on demand manufacturers, 
um, the quality isn't great. I mm-hmm. am very much, very much waiting for a manufacturer that can do print on demand on products that are very high quality. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's just not existing at the moment. Um, and second, the clients um, for our direct to customer um, business, um, they don't understand this yet. Um, so we are trying to implement more pre-order products at the moment, um, but you have to explain how it works again and again and again. Um, and not everyone understands that if they order something, they will have to wait a little longer because it's only been produced um, after they place the order. Um, but I do believe it's the future. Yes, I. I believe for a big part, people will order things and it will be made on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree long term. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, print on demand also means, you know, facilitating, you know, brands like yourself. So you can order smaller quantities. You know, the minimum order quantities used to be in the thousands. Your minimum order quantities now might be 10, 20 or 30 of a certain product, depending on its manufacturing process. And that in itself is, you know, is print on demand and allows you to create small stocks, which allows you to replenish your orders quickly. I also think it's fantastic that you're doing, you know, a make to order, pre-order, and you think you see that more and more and more, and I think it also adds some kind of exclusivity and an extra value to the product, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, um, it does. It does. Um, so, for example, what we do is create a, a certain color in a in a printer product that that will then not be available anymore after that series. Um, things like small things like that. Um, yes, exclusive, but, limited edition, yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Things like that help um, convince the the consumer that it's worth it to pre-order it. Yes. Um, but I mean, it, it's also the some. It's it's sustainable as well because when you work with a pre-order system, you can see exactly how popular a product will be, mm-hmm. and you don't end up producing. 50 pieces of something that no one actually wants. So, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 100%, Marilyn. Absolutely right. Tell us about your prints then. What are the what are the important questions that you ask your print suppliers when you start that relationship? Um, so a few things I I asked in the beginning, uh, for example, with the silk scarves was um where does mm-hmm. the silk come from? Because of course we order yeah. our silk scarves mainly in the UK, but the silk isn't made in the UK. So um, yeah. Um, then I got all the information of um, the Asian company where the silk comes from and how they work. So I wanted to be sure that that was all um, in order that we weren't um, adding to child labor or anything like that. Um, Yeah, totally responsible. Yeah, and then when we were sure about that, um, we got the certificates about the eco-friendly ink um, and the finishing of the scarves. Um, I visited, um, when was it, last year or 
well, I got I got pictures in the beginning, but then last year I went to see um, have a look at the full process. Um, so when it's possible, I do try to travel myself. Italy and the UK, that's all not a problem. For the throws in the USA, um, I haven't been, but um, I you try I to just, have a, a close relationship with your suppliers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're asking all the right questions because so often in the past, the first question somebody would ask was, you know, okay, what's the substrate and what's the price? But it, there is there's so much more to it now, isn't there really? Into building a high value product with, um, with the traceability that you, your clients need. Um, and of course, you know, yeah. that's the responsibility for your brand because you're going to make statements. You have to be able to back them up and make sure that everything that you produce is, is credible. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, because I did realize um, when I started the brand, I mean, I was I was 22, 23. Um, it's and, very young. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, I did realize that there were a lot of girls and yeah also also men of course but um mm -hmm. i get i think especially girls that have this dream of starting a fashion brand and on instagram you see one brand after another just popping up um so i decided if i'm gonna do this i want to do this in the correct way yeah um and i think that's why i also asked all of these questions yeah oh good for you good for you tell us about how you market your products how do you find your customers? Do you use a lot of Instagram or how do you do things? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So of course, Instagram is a highly important tool. Mm -hmm. Although I must admit it's getting slower and slower. A lot yes. of people are talking about it. So there are different ways now. Um, TikTok, but I'm still struggling a little bit with that because my customer is not really on TikTok. Um, but yeah, in general, I market my products mainly online um, and I just try to tell my personal story um, yeah. a lot through this. Um, you I have a very strong website. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. You do. It's um, very, very strong. And your personality comes through, which you know, is sometimes really hard in a digital world, but you've succeeded. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a lot of effort in the copywriting and the right pictures and all of that. And mm -hmm. then since like, I would say the past six months, um, I've been making videos um, about myself. And it's quite, in the beginning, I thought they were quite amateuristic, <laughs> but um I, I saw that a lot of people were enjoying those and that our sales um, went up because of it. So for example, there's this one video um, I made when my father came to help me in the store um, to put up a very large poster. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> it was, so I, I, I just filmed the whole time and it's, it's basically just my father making these um, typical fatherly statements about me, me not <laughs> using the right hammer or whatever. And uh, everyone find it so, so funny. 
Um, and I sold a lot of posters because of that. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, I'm just trying to approach the whole marketing thing um, from a different side because what I did wrong in the beginning is um, I looked a lot at other luxury brands, but then I, I would be comparing our photo shoots to, let's say, Paul Smith's photo shoots. Uh -huh. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah. oh, With no. a massive budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, ours don't look good. How can I change this? And it's when I changed the, my mindset about it and just accepted that we have lower budgets and just try to be creative with it that it really changed. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? I think you recognize that, but you also then have to tool yourself with the right skills. So I'm sure you've learned an awful lot about photography in your journey with your brand than you, you would have known at the onset. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually um, a very good point you're making. Um, after five years, I feel like I learned a lot about so many different things um, yeah. from making Excel files to exactly. um, yeah. Yeah, building yeah. a website to like, yeah. yeah, all of these things. Yeah. You have a much bigger skill set now than you did five years ago. You must yes, have, you've been very successful which is fantastic. Oh, Maryland, thank you so much. Tell us what's next for the Mary Maddie, Maryland Maddie brand. What's next? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I don't know if you saw, but we also do a lot of collaborations. Mm -hmm. So um, I collaborate with other brands um, that want to use uh, my prints okay. for their collections. And yeah, right now I'm really focusing on finding international brands that wish to work with me because uh -huh. I'm trying to break out of Belgium a little bit more, um, especially after COVID. Um, I really want to develop my um, plans abroad more. Um, and yeah, what's next? We are developing more products. Um, so wallpapers is something Great. That, yeah, yeah um, that we're launching. Uh, and I actually have this idea of in the long term um, of having a house. I would love to buy a house as a brand and just have it done completely in Marile Madou. That's really like my wildest dream. That's a <laughs> um, perfect idea. Yeah. Create your own um, yeah, create your own lifestyle. Yes. Fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. It puts a new swing on the retail interior, doesn't it? It's actually your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's brilliant. What advice would you give a fellow creative thinking of starting a business? With everything that you've learned, if you could give them just three top tips, what would they be perhaps? So <laughs> I would say don't be afraid. Um, mm -hmm. Every single time I'm worried about something or I feel some type of fear, things are not going great. So you have to try to counter that um, positive thinking. It's a cliche, but it works. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so, I am very much a creative, but I do believe you need to 
learn at least the basics about the financial side yes. or if you're maybe lucky and you have a partner um, who is very good at that and you can um, team up with someone um, so you have a financial partner that's also a solution but if you if you're by yourself do take a few lessons um, mm -hmm. just basic uh, basics in running a business <laughs> absolutely important. costings margins etc etc so 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 important so yeah. important. Yeah. and also I think one of the big ones is scalability as well because I think so yes. often the creative doesn't actually factor in their own time at the beginning and they market their products at a certain price point but then if you were going to try and scale that there isn't enough margin in the price point to onboard the staff to produce more yeah, um, definitely. Um, so I I made sure that the products we develop, that they are all scalable. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely important. And I think one final thing um, that that's really important is um, resilience. And by that, I mean, you will you will hit a wall, you will make mistakes, things will go wrong. Um, mm -hmm. But it's about how fast you're able to turn it around and how fast you're able to um, get back up again after the bad experience um, and after a setback. And that will determine your success, I believe. So, yeah. Those are very wise words <laughs> from somebody so young. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's not going down. It's how long you stay down. And as you say, resilience is quite often difficult for a creative because you put your soul on the line when you create something. But if you're if you're serious about business, you have to be able to face those issues, don't you? Just take yeah. a bit of time out and then come back to it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, Raylan, mm -hmm. thank you so, so, so much. Very, very wise words. And I wish you every success with your brand. I'll make sure all of the links are in the podcast notes. Um, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. I'll definitely keep opening those newsletters that we get from you. It's fantastic. All right. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you for inviting me. So oh, It's been a pleasure. Your stories are what people need to know about your creative success. It's wonderful. And of course, you have to have talent and you have to have drive. Um, and you also have to have a great personality. And you've got all three. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes.